0: Does anyone like gardening? You know, I never used to like gardening. In fact, when we first got married um, in our first place, the gardens were a bit of a, a nuisance because they had plants in them and weeds. And I, um, one of the elders in our church, in Christchurch, was a very keen gardener, landscape guy. And I said to him, I've got a job for you. Can you come round and fix my garden? And he said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. He came round all excited. He said, what do you want me to do in your garden? I said, round up the lot kill it, get rid of it. I don't need it. It's just something in my life I don't need. But over the years, I've discovered that I I actually really like nature. I really enjoy nature. I enjoy being outside. I just enjoy um, green stuff. And, And gardening's growing on me. Did you get that? Oh, come on, that was, a, that was a best dad joke I could come up with. I spent hours researching that. No, it is growing on me these days. And, um, and my enjoyment of um, nature, I suppose, helps me get tonight's passage. And so hopefully it'll help you get it too. We're going to Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. And this is really Jesus encouraging us to engage with what he's doing. I know he tells it in a parable. But it's him encouraging us to engage with what's on his heart, what he's up to. And um, I think, you know, if I was to try and tie it into our values tonight, I'd probably tie it into being courageous, living a courageous life, living a purpose life, living a big-hearted life, actually living a kingdom-focused life, and probably belonging as well. That's all of them. But here it goes. From verse 4. It says, One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and it choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, "'Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand.'" His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see, and when they hear, they won't really understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seeds that fell on the footpath Represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Father, I pray that your word would sink into our hearts and it would lock into place. Lord, I pray tonight that the words I say would be really irrelevant, but it would be your words that would sink into our spirits and take hold and that they would produce fruit. Holy Spirit, my prayer tonight is that you would rest on this place, that you would rest on every person in this place, that when we leave, we may not remember the songs we sang or the words we heard, but we would remember that we connected with you in this place at this time. So we open our hearts before you and we invite you to connect. I know you want to. I ask that you'd help us position ourselves in such a way that we connect with you tonight and that you can do us good, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The passage is a pretty simple passage, really. It speaks for itself. I don't need to pull it all apart. There's simply two things I want to pull out of it for us tonight. The first is this, Jesus' invitation, and the second is sowing seed. Two things. Jesus' invitation. The second is sowing seed. Jesus' invitation, the first one, verse 8. Jesus tells the story once, and then he goes, Still other seed fell on the fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was 100 times as much as had been planted when... He had said this, he called out. Here's Jesus' invitation. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Ears to hear was a popular saying at the time amongst the wise. In fact, it was a saying that was really for the sages or the wise, and it was an invitation for them to grapple with what was being said and to find the meaning and the understanding in what was being said. In other words, this was Jesus saying to people, I've just said something to you, but the meaning of what I've said to you is actually far greater than what you've heard on the surface. I invite you to grapple with it and come to terms with what I'm saying so that you can apply it to your life And that you can walk in it. I love that verse 8 because it's an invitation, but it's also a statement. It's an invitation because it's an invitation to engage. If you've got ears, listen. That's what he's saying. If you've got ears, listen. So it's an invitation to engage with him. It's an invitation to engage with truth. But it is also a statement of truth. Listen with your heart and you'll understand. That's what he's really saying. If you've got ears to hear, he's saying, listen to what I'm saying with your heart and you will understand. With your heart. Now, this is where it can get slightly tricky, right here, isn't it? Because often we don't listen with our heart, we listen with our head. In the Passion Translation, it says, if you listen to me with a, or if you hear me with a listening heart, a listening heart, Many of us, particularly in today's world of information, simply grapple with with the truth of God with our head. But the thing is, you're never going to fully understand, you're never going to get revelation of what God's saying to you if we simply grapple with our head, because it's a spiritual thing that we're grappling with. So we try to grapple with our mind, our physical mind, in other words, natural means, but actually, this is a spiritual subject. We need to grapple with our heart. We need to listen with our heart. Because Jesus is generally saying more than what he's saying in the scripture. He's normally digging deeper than what it appears that he's digging. One of the key issues for me is, is, my, is it's our spirit that's in submission to the truth of God. Is my spirit in submission? to the truth of God, because that's when understanding comes. See, we're uniquely made, aren't we? Body, soul, and spirit. We're the only, only thing on the planet that's made that way. Body, soul, and spirit. But so often, and because of the fall, I believe, primarily, because of the fall, we, we just default to the soulish area, thinking, emotions where Jesus is inviting us to grapple with him at a heart level, at a spiritual level, at a spirit level, the spirit man. How do we do that? That's another question, isn't it? Well, for a start, we've got to try and stop the racing of our minds. But have you ever thought of this? And this might be really deep. Ask him. I know, I told you, deep. Ask him. Just ask him. Say, God, I'm reading this. I'm reading at this, I'm looking at this, I'm wrestling at this with my, spirit, with my natural mind. Can you please help me listen with my heart? Can you please help me engage my spirit with what you're saying to me so that I can hear the truths of heaven being unlocked in my life for myself? Every one of us is equipped to do that. Not just a special few. Every one. Because last I looked, we were all created body, soul, and spirit. Every one of us has the capacity to do that. And then we need to just stop and sit. Now I find this really hard. Stop, that's what I find hardest. Sit and listen. Just stop, sit and listen. Listen not only with your mind, but listen with your heart. What's the Lord saying? What's he want to say? How's he communicating with us? One of the problems is, Grant, can you pop that slide up? Thank you. It's coming, I know it's coming. There it is. That's funny. But I think it's quite true. (laughs) Actually, you had quite a good life, pretty great life. But you were looking down at your phone most of the time and you missed it. It's true. It's true. And in today's world we go, man, I struggle to hear God. Well, maybe if we put our phones away, just for a minute. I'm preaching, preaching to myself here too. Maybe if we put our phones away, just, oh, but you don't understand, Sheridan, and my Bible's on my phone. It's all right, so is mine. It's not that easy. But if we just turned off the other stuff on the phone for a little bit, and we actually stopped in his presence, and we listened, you would be amazing, amazed what you hear. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Amazed. You can ask him in here. See, when it talks about the ears, the words it's using for the ears here is it doesn't mean physical ears necessarily, it means the faculty of perceiving, of understanding, of knowing. So if you've got ears, if you've got the faculty to understand, to know, then hear, he says, in other words, attend to, consider, understand, perceive, sense, learn. It's quite a deep thing. It's quite a spiritual thing. And then the rest of the passage goes on, actually, from that context, that we need to listen to him with our hearts, with our spirits, not just our heads. Some of the translations put it in different ways, that that bit of um, ears to hear. The, The King James says, if you've got ears to hear, the NIV says, if you've got ears to hear, let them hear. The NLT says, if you've got ears to hear, you should listen and understand. The message simply says, are you listening? Really listening? The passion says, listen with your heart and you will understand. The voice says, if you have ears, hear my meaning. Hear my meaning. Hear what I'm trying to actually say to you. It's a a deep thing. So maybe the question is actually, how does it feel when we're listening? How does it feel? Because sometimes I can't, particularly if I'm not grappling with my mind, if I'm trying to hear God with my heart, if I'm just, how does it feel when I know that I'm hearing God? Well, sometimes it just feels like a knowing. Suddenly I'll just know something. I'll be reading the Word and suddenly I'll just know what He's saying. And for me, that's like, okay, my heart's engaged now. My heart is hearing what He's saying to me. Sometimes it's just a gut feeling. You know what I mean by gut feeling? I had a gut feeling the All Blacks were going to win. Muller was going to cry. I was right. And um, we won't be too cocky too soon. It's a long tournament. But all we needed was one. All we needed was one. But sometimes it's just a gut feeling, isn't it? You know, you get a gut feeling. I I think God is saying this to me. Sometimes it really is discernment. You just know. You know. He paints it very clear. You know in your spirit exactly what he's saying and how he's saying. Other times it's like an aha moment. Like you're reading the Word and it literally jumps off the page and you go, oh my goodness, I've never seen that before, but that is absolutely amazing. Other times you might be reading and you just suddenly get really excited and you don't even know why. But it could be because God is starting to speak and work in your spirit and he's trying to engage you further to look into it. But the key at the end of the day, is to ask. Ask. So ask him. Good? That wasn't too hard, was it? Accepting Jesus' invitation? Just ask him. Then we talk about sowing seed. Verse 5. Wherever verse 5 is. A farmer went out to plant his seed as he scattered it across his field. Some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, etc., etc., etc. A farmer went out to plant his seed, her seed, and he, she scattered it across his, or could be her, field. We all have seed. You have seed. I have seed. We've all got seed. It's part of it. Because the seed's not actually ours. It's not unique. I haven't got something that you haven't got. You haven't got something that I haven't got. The Bible tells us that the seed is the word of God. So there's plenty of seed. The seed is the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. Everything in that book, everything in the book, is seed from heaven for a reason that can be planted. It's seed. And we're called to scatter the seed. It's not if we scatter, it's where we scatter and how we scatter. We've solved one problem. You have got seed, whether you thought you had it or not. So now we've got to scatter the seed. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's actually a command of God. See, a good farmer is skilled where and when and how to sow seed. They're skilled in that. But they sow seed. We forget that sometimes. They sow seed. They sow the seed. A good farmer sows most of the seed in good soil. It says, as a scatter, as a sow, um, some will spill, but most of it's in good soil. If you're a good farmer, you're not going to go and throw all your seed on the concrete. You're going to sow it in good soil. So, a good farmer knows where to sow the seed. Where's your area of influence? Where do you carry influence? Where do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time with? In what environment do you spend your time? because that's where you should be scattering seed. Don't come and scatter seed on my paddock. You you scatter seed on your paddock. That's why God's got you in that paddock. A good farmer knows that the harvest is directly connected to his sowing. So so many Christians talk about the harvest. So many and we are told to harvest because the fields are wide. But sometimes we focus oh, we'll harvest, one day we'll harvest. Well, did you know that if you sow, actually the rest just takes care of itself? Because if you don't sow, there's no harvest. Simple. You sow no seed, there is no harvest. Scriptural principles are that I will sow and you may harvest. But if we're all sowing, we may be harvesting each other's efforts. But if you don't sow, there is no harvest. God's talking about the kingdom, about the kingdom advancing. And he's saying, for the kingdom to advance, there's got to be sowing. Any farmer knows that you sow and you reap, but if you don't sow, you don't reap. It's all very plain, really. So, knowing where to sow is so important. I think one of the things about sowing, this has got dirt. I put it in here on purpose because I think if you take the time to learn who you are and you take the time to understand the call of God on your life you can actually sow with far more efficiency like if I haven't got a clue who I am or the promises of God I might just sow like this you know like You guys worry about the silliest things. Maybe 2% actually went in the garden where it needed to sow. But if you understand who you are, who God's called you to be, you can actually sow with intent. And some's still going to go out, but look how much is going in. It's amazing. If we've got a vacuum, we might as well vacuum good. You look at that. So much more in the garden if you know who you are and your area to sow and how to sow and that the area that you should be sowing in, you can be so, so much more effective. But so often we just randomly sow and hope, well, hopefully it'll work out. But next year, right, this is a promo now. Next year, we're starting Activate College. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be very exciting. And um, if you want to come and spend a year at Activate College, it is going to be awesome. And uh, you'll do your um, Diploma in Christian Studies, Level 5, which will be very exciting. And that, but the big difference between Activate College and any other colleges that we do, Vision College and different things, because they're all great, but the big difference between Activate College and these is, is that we're going to help you find the lane that you were created to sow in. Awesome. That's going to be the deal help you run your lane because you are different to me. I am different to you. You are different to the person next to you. And so many of us take half of our lives to work out what God actually created us for. Well, what if you could spend a year and as well as being discipled and as well as learning the Bible and all those kind of things, we could, and as well as getting input from truckloads of different amazing people, imagine if we could zone in what God's created you for. So you come out at the end of the year and, and you might not have it totally sorted, but you're going to be way closer than you were at the start of the year. And you can come out and go, you know, I absolutely passionately believe God's calling me to run this way at this time and run. That would be cool, wouldn't it? So it's good. You'll have details soon about how to sign up for that. But it's going to be an amazing, amazing year. So if you're wondering what to do next year, i would do that. How can you sow the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God. The parable makes it very clear that the seed, the seed, is the Word of God. How can you sow the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God? One of the really sad things about our generation is that we don't know the Word of God. I bought my Bible tonight. I bought a Bible tonight. If I read the Luke chapter 8 in this, it sounds a bit different than what I read to you before. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him, it doesn't even make sense, come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. Wow. Pretty good, isn't it? But it's got read letters where Jesus spoke. I got given this Bible when I was 10. This is my first Bible. Back in those days, King James was about all we had. You think it's bad now? You try and read it as a 10-year-old. But I can remember, and you know, as much as anything, probably some of the most precious pages in this book were the pictures. Not much has changed for me in that regard. But I can remember how special this was when it was given to me. This was like an absolute treasure. I had my own, my very own Bible. It's one thing having it, something else knowing it. But I had my very own Bible. I can still remember opening it and reading it and the the feeling of I'm not quite sure what the feeling was. It was a good feeling. It was, it was amazement that I, I actually had God's Word in a book that had been given to me, and I was being encouraged to read it. Now, whether I understood it or not is irrelevant. Don't worry about that. But it was so, so precious. Part of the downside of having your Bible here is it no longer has that sense of being precious, that it had here, here. It just doesn't have that. Things have changed. One's not right and one's not wrong. I, honestly, I had to find this off the shelf to show you because this is all I ever use these days. I've got more translations of the Bible on here than you can poke a stick at, and, and I do everything on here. I rarely pick up an old-fashioned book anymore. If I want to buy a book, I buy digital. I just do it all there. So it's not about right and wrong, but what it is about is getting a sense of how precious... The word of God is. The, the, the struggles that people went through so that you and I can have a Bible. You know, at, at one time it wasn't for commoners like us to read the Bible. It was only for the hierarchy of the church. They would tell you what they thought you needed to know and what you should believe. And you took it at what they said. But the battles and went on and the reformation and all that was about getting this in the hand of people like you and me. Because, believe it or not, you and I are designed to hear the voice of God. We're designed to wrestle with God. We're designed to interact with God. You don't need a priest or a pastor to interact with God. That's, that's not my job description. It's not for you to come through me to God. You go directly to God. That's what the cross is all about. My job is to help where I can. You're certainly not coming through me. My point is, we're a generation that has more access to the Word of God than ever in history. Ever. Yet we don't know it. We just don't know it. Now, I'm not saying, it depends how your brain works. Like, I'm terrible at remembering you know, chapter and verse. I know the Word of God, just I can't remember where it is. But I know it. Some people can tell you the exact chapter, verse, and everything else. I don't care how you work. The point is, do you know what's in there? Because I hear some really crazy stuff being spoken about that's not in here. And it's like it's spoken with authority. Well, God would do this, or God would do that. Well, where's it say that in the Bible? Yeah, it's good. Well, if you can find it in the Bible, where's it say it in the Bible in the context that you're trying to tell us it in? We've got to know the Word of God. If you want to be a powerful believer, if you want to scatter seed. I just want to throw more seed on the floor. I can feel Jan's pain every time I do this. It's quite good. If I was doing this at home, I'd get growled. But she's not going to growl me in front of you. That'll come later. If you want to, and it's not even about want to, if you're going to scatter seed, because we're told that we are farmers and we have seed and we have a field, in other words, we've got the Word of God, we've been created with purpose to run in a certain lane, so go and sow, we've got to know the Word of God. And if it's one thing I would like us to go tonight with and to remember tonight is get into the Scripture, get into the Bibles. If you don't like one translation, look for another translation. It's, it doesn't really matter for this purpose. Just get into one. Find one that reads easy for you. I, I love the New Living Translation because it's simple. It reads easy. Um, when I'm preaching, I can re- it's easy to read. I enjoy the message, but I find it very hard to read it publicly. So I very rarely use it publicly, just the way it's phrased. I love the Passion. It's amazing. It's all written in a language that I can understand, and it's a good springboard into, into further study. But get into the Bible. Get into it, because God's not into a seedless variety of faith. He's not into a seedless variety. In other words, a variety that doesn't have the Word, because the Word is truth. It's His truth to us. It's His instruction manual to us. You want to know the answer to hard questions? It's in here. Oh, but it says this. Well, make sure you get the context, you know. Oh, what's God say about this? Don't just open the page and go, He says, smite them. It's not kind of how it works. It's not how it works. You've got to understand context and all those. That's another good reason you should come to Activate College next year. We'll teach you how to do that properly. But, but, yeah, good. Thank you. You're welcome. So what I want to encourage you to do is get into the Word. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Love the Word of God. Love it. Get into it. Know it. So when the time comes, you've got seed. I tell you what, you can quote Scripture into a situation, automatically you've got authority. Spiritual authority. Quoting the Scripture rather than, I think could be a good idea too, what if you can just simply quote it? I've come that you would have life and life to the full. Jesus said it, not us. I'm just regurgitating his words. Actually, I want to pray. I want to pray that you get a love for the scripture. That's what I want to pray. I want to, you know, it's good. A lot of people want church to become relevant. Well, I think that's an irrelevant statement because the church has got to start at relevance, otherwise, it's pointless. But the word of God is relevant, the word of God is powerful. The word of God unlocks things, it unlocks heaven. The Word of God builds faith. The Word of God brings clarity. You can build your life as certainly on the Word of God now as we've been able to throughout all history. Culture changes. The Word of God does not because the Word of God is truth, capital T, not opinion. Truth, capital T. It's so, so important. Father, I ask that you would speak to every person in this place tonight. I ask that you would plant a seed tonight of your word in each of us. Not only of your word, but a love of your word. A desire for your word. An understanding of your word. Lord, I ask that you would shift the mindset of us even as a generation. Back to Truth, capital T. God, that culture would not rule the day, that opinions would not rule the day, that flavour of the month would not rule the day, but that your book, the book of love, would rule the day. That the truth that we find in your scriptures would unlock unlimited possibilities in our lives Lord for those that have never opened the pages I ask that there would be a desire to open the pages for those who really open the pages I ask that there would be a desire to open the pages Father, for those who don't like reading, I ask that even as we read a few words, a sentence, a paragraph, it would unlock something of the joy of the kingdom that they've found no other way because there's power in your word. Incredible power in your word. It is alive, it is living, it is a two edged sword, it is truth. Father let that truth be planted deep in your church tonight I pray in Jesus name not for the sake of convenience or anything else but for the sake of truth for the sake of living the lives that you've called us to live for the sake of being able to stand absolutely certain of what you're saying how you're saying it when you said it how it applies I pray in Jesus name Jesus.